I'd like to invite you now to turn with me in your copy of God's Word to Colossians chapter 3. We continue this evening looking at Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. We're now in the heart of the imperative portion of this letter where we see instructions on what to do. As I made mention a few weeks ago, the thrust of the rest of this letter stems from the instruction on how to walk the Christian walk. Paul spent the first half of this letter laying out truths of who God is and what He has done for us. And so as we come to these imperatives, we must remember that they flow from what is true of us now that we are in Christ Jesus. So let us now come to our passage this evening from Colossians chapter 3, and we'll be reading the first 11 verses. Hear now the Word of God. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also, then also, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Thus far the reading of God's Word, let us ask His blessing upon it. Heavenly Father, we come to You and we ask that You would bless the reading of this Word. That You would add a blessing to the hearing of this Word. That we would listen intently to what You have to say to us. And Father, now as we come to the preaching of this Word, we ask that You would add a blessing to that as well. Father, where my lisping, stammering tongue may fail, I ask that the Spirit would speak in my stead. So Father, we ask that you would bless this time as we dive in to the richness 
of this truth. We ask these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. There are a lot of similarities between being in war and being a Christian. This is something that's picked up on throughout Scripture. We see the armor of God, which, we're all, which we are to take up as believers. We fight against principalities and powers. We speak of spiritual warfare. Paul tells Timothy to war a good warfare. And this analogy of the Christian life as a war is a fitting one. In war, there are certain things that you must do in order to survive. There are things that are essential for the fight. You must stay focused on the task at hand. If you lose sight of what your mission is, or if you get caught off guard, then that could end in disaster. You must understand and know your enemy and know what it takes to eliminate the threat. The time may come where you have to pull the trigger killing the enemy. And this is because there's a real sense of either kill or be killed. And you have to remember who you are through it all. If you begin to see yourself as nothing, as something that you're not, then the entire mission can become compromised. There's a real temptation to view yourself as the greatest thing on the battlefield. And that could lead to overconfidence or unnecessary risk. Or you could be tempted to view yourself as the bad guy and abandon the fight which you're tasked with. The analogy of warfare isn't uh, explicitly used here in this text. But these are the things that Paul addresses in regard to the Christian life. You must remain focused on Christ. This is the foundation of the task at hand. To lose sight of Christ is to lose sight of what's going on. You must hate sin, the enemy. There's a real sense in which if you are not killing sin, then sin will be killing you. And you must remember who you are. If you forget this, then disaster will surely follow. So as we look now to the Christian walk in regard to the new self, let us consider these three things. Remain focused, hate sin, and remember who you are. Paul begins by telling us that we must remain focused. Let's look at our text in verses 1 to 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above, where Christ is, 
seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Because of the power that we have in Christ and because of the glories that await us in heaven, we must live a heavenly focused life. Paul gives us here the motivation for remaining focused. He roots it in two things. First, if then you have been raised with Christ. And second, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul is reminding us that what is true drives what to do. That it's not uh, remaining focused that puts us with Christ, but our being in Christ that empowers us to remain focused. This ought to bring us back to chapter 2 where he writes, having been buried with Him in baptism in which you are also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God. And being united with Christ, you have died with Him. The old man has passed away and you have been raised with Him as a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are dead to the power and slavery of sin. You are dead to the ways of the world. Paul says in Galatians 6.14, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What Paul is saying here isn't hypothetical. It's not an uncertainty, but it's a fact. You have died. You have been raised. You have the power now to remain focused on Christ and the things above because of your position in Christ. And Paul tells us to do just that. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above and not on things that are on earth. Where should your focus be? On heaven. On Christ, who is seated at the right hand of God. Christ has conquered the enemy. He is ruling and reigning from His throne in heaven as the sovereign King of the universe. He is victorious. He is triumphant. As Paul said earlier in chapter 2, verse 15, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. 
So as a soldier fixes his eyes on his commanding officer, looking for orders in fulfilling the mission that is at hand, so too must we look to Christ, the commander of heavenly armies, for how to accomplish the task that we face. Christ is victorious. And because we are united to Him, we are victorious as well. The victory has been won. Don't trust in your own power. Trust in the power of Christ in you. Remember that and remain focused on Christ. But Paul also tells us to seek after these things. To set your minds on the things that are above and not on things that are on earth. The things that are above are the heavenly things. We must set our minds to these things. This is why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The things above are perfect. The things above are sure. The things above are right. Our mission in this life is to set our minds on those things. But we lose focus, don't we? We can so easily become enticed by the things of this world. We can so easily become distracted by earthly things that we lose sight of the heavenly things. We get caught up in our busy day-to-day schedules that we neglect meditating on the law of the Lord day and night. We get so concerned with and focused on what's going on politically in our country that we forget that Christ is ruling and reigning over all nations. We worry so much about what we will eat or what we will wear that we lose sight of the Lord who gives us our daily bread and protects us in our lives. Do not set your minds on the things of this earth. These things will pass away. These things will fail you. The things of the earth will never satisfy. Instead, set your minds on the things above. These things are ultimate. These things will never fail. These things will fill you up. Remain focused. With this in mind, with our minds fixed on Christ and the things above, and with our focus on what is true, we have a call to action. Hate sin. We must hate the sin which once enslaved us. We must despise the sin that remains in us. We must be killing sin. Look with me at verses 5 to 9. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. We're not looking at gospel truth here. We're looking at gospel living. This is part of your sanctification, being enabled more and more to die unto sin. Paul says in Romans 8.13, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. This is something that we all must do. We have to diligently examine our hearts and put to death any and all sin that we see. And so Paul gives us examples of sins to look out for. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. This isn't an exhaustive list, but it serves the purpose of showing all kinds of sin that remains and must be dealt with. This list really focuses on what could be called physical lusts, and specifically in regard to the progression of sexual sin. This is especially applicable in our hyper-sexualized culture. A recent study shows that approximately 65% of men and 10% of women who are professing Christians within the church look at pornography at least once a month. This is a very real sin that some here struggle with and need to put off. They need to put to death. But this isn't limited to just sexual lust, but it extends to all kinds of physical lusts. Lust of food. Lust of drink. Lust of material possessions. And any other kind of physical lust. If we don't kill this sin in our lives, we will face the wrath of God. On, the, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Flee the wrath of God. These things, these things may be remaining in dwelling sin, but they ought not to be true of you. They ought not to be characteristic of you. These things were once true of you. They once held you in their grasp. But if you are in Christ, that's no longer the case. You've been freed from the bondage of these sins. You can't let these things keep root in your life 
But you must put them off. You must kill them. And these, and these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. The second list is more focused on sins of relationship, how we interact with others. And you must put these things away as well. You must look not only to the fruit of sin, what is manifested externally, but you must also look to the root of the sin that which arises internally. Killing sin isn't simply no longer looking at pornography or no longer bad-mouthing someone. No, you have to strike sin at its root. Killing the action just causes a temporary pause. But the sinful desire is still there. Strike it at the root. You must do this. Your life depends on it. And there's no such thing as being saved and living however you please. You can't profess Christ and go on living in continual, unrepentant, habitual, Sin. Don't buy into the easy believism that so, that so many so-called Christians are peddling today. If the Spirit of God is not working in you to convict you of your sin and empower you to put it to death, then you must examine yourself to see if you truly are in the faith. Examine yourself. Are you holding on to anger because someone has wronged you? Put it to death. Are you harboring bitterness and hatred in your heart? Put it to death. Do you speak ill of others and spread lies attacking their character? Put it to death. Is there no difference between how you talk and how an unbeliever does with vileness and filth? Put it to death. These are things we all struggle with. These are things that we might even categorize as little sins. Things that aren't that big of a deal. If you're not putting these things to death, they will continue to grow and multiply. They will consume you. There's no such thing as a little sin. Every violation of the law of God is grievous 
and must be repented of. Pray that the Spirit would stir up a godly hatred for these things and put to death what is earthly in you. Hate sin. If you remain focused on Christ and hate sin, putting to death what is earthly in you, putting away those things, then there must be a final step, a response. Remember who you are. Just as Paul did in the first four verses of this passage, you must remind yourself of who you are and put on the new self that is found in Christ. Let's look at verses 9-11. through Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. I want you to think of this in terms of soiled clothes. You've been outside and you've been working all day in the heat and in the mud and you're covered in filth. And you go inside and you, and you clean up, you shower and, and you've washed away all of that dirt and grime. Would you then go back and put on those filthy, soiled clothes that you just took off? Of course not. So why, after having been washed in the waters of baptism, having been sprinkled with the blood of the Lamb, and having been washed white as snow, would you then return to the filth of the sinful old man that you have put off? You have to put on the new self. You have been made new. You have been renewed in knowledge after the image of your Creator. You don't belong to the old self anymore, but you belong to Jesus in whom you have your new self. And that's why Paul says here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. All of these differences that once identified you, religion, cultural, national, ethnic, socioeconomic, they have no bearing on you. Those differences are part of the old man, which has been put to death. They are part of the old self, which has been put off. And now you are all one in Christ Jesus. He has done away with everything that separated us from one another. He has torn down the dividing wall between us. He has taken those who were different, enemies, hating one another in their sinfulness. And He has made them one in Christ. So those things that you were, they don't match who you are now. 
they don't match who you are now that Christ is in you. So put them off and put on the new self. Remembering that this is who you are now. You have everything within you necessary to live a life of holiness and obedience. You have everything within you that is necessary to truly put to death the sin that still dwells within you. And this is all found in who you are in Christ. Do you feel like you're fighting a losing battle? Have you been struggling with the same sin for 10, 15, 20 years and feel like it's never going to go away? Look to your Savior. The one who has redeemed you. The one with whom you are united. He is the conquering King. The Holy One. The one who reigns triumphant with all things as His footstool. If you are in Christ, the victory has been won and you can truly fight against the sin that remains. Pray that the Spirit would empower you to put to death the sins in your life. Or are you sitting here this evening and your sin doesn't really bother you? Are you okay with simply professing Christ and coming to church, but living in drunkenness, in sexual immorality, in anger, in hatred, in slander? If so, do not harden your hearts today. Listen to the Spirit as He convicts you of your sins See your sins for what they are. Cosmic treason against the Lord of all creation. And put off the old self. And put on the new. If you are truly in Christ, your life must reflect that truth. Remember who you are. Brothers and sisters, this is a call to action. We can't simply sit back and wait for God to just immediately kill all sin that remains in us. We must act. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, empowering us to act. We are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. You must embrace the new self which is found in Christ Jesus. So fix your minds on Him. Look to the triumphant risen Savior who sits at the right hand of the Father. Seek after the things above Remain focused. And let that stir within you a desire to see sin eradicated from your life. Bring the fight to your sin. 
that remains in you. Because I guarantee you that your sin has been fighting the fight against you since day one. Be killing sin or it will be killing you. Hate sin. And so put off the old self. Put away the things of the flesh, the desires and the passions and the lusts of the heart. And put on the new self who is united with Christ. Fight the good fight. War a good warfare. Remember who you are. You can't be lazy in this. There's no time to delay. Brothers and sisters, embrace the new self and let it change you from the inside out. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to You and we recognize where we have failed. We recognize where we lose sight, lose focus. So Lord, we ask that You would give us clear eyes to gaze into the heavenlies and to keep our focus on the things above and not on the things of the earth. We ask that You would use Your Spirit dwelling within us to empower us to seek out and fight and kill the sin that remains. That we wouldn't turn a blind eye when we see it creep up. That we wouldn't feed the beast within by giving in to the lusts and the temptations of the flesh. That we would kill it decisively. And that we would embrace our new self who is united with Christ. And that we would put off the old, put on the new, and live as one with our brothers and sisters united as one body, the church under our head, Christ Jesus. And that we would live lives that are holy and acceptable to you. So, Father, we ask that you would do these things because you are the one who has the power to do these things. So we ask these through the mediation of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.